0: Hey everyone, you're listening to 20 Bleepin' 20. Hey everyone, I'm Alia. And I'm Lauren. And welcome to I Have So Many Bleeping Feelings, part one.
1: (laughs) Part one, so many.
0: Right, so we're talking about radical acceptance, but it's such a complex topic that we've decided to split it up into two episodes.
1: And the first episode will just be about awareness of emotions.
0: Right, so it sounds kind of weird, like, obviously I know what emotions are, but full emotional awareness is actually a really hard skill.
1: It's difficult, um, I think largely because it's often unpleasant.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Just as a reminder, we are not a replacement for any treatment or therapy. We are just providing advice based on what we have learned through practice and on psychology literature and things like that.
1: Right. So since we're not providing any treatment, if you're experiencing any problems like suicidal ideation or any other kind of emergency situation, um, please call your therapist or helpline. 1-800-273-8255.
0: Right, and if you are having a psychiatric or medical emergency, please call 911. Yes. Okay, so awareness of emotions. What does that mean?
1: Well, I think first we have to talk about what emotions are and why they're necessary.
0: Right, that makes sense. So I don't know about you, but I've had plenty of times in my life when I've wished that I was a robot.
1: Oh, I thought you were gonna say I've had plenty of times in my life where I've experienced an emotion. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, oh good, me too. Let's put it on our C V
0: <laughs> Has experienced emotion.
1: <laughs> Check. Um,
0: but yes, there have been yes. many times there have been many times when I've wished I was a robot because emotions are hard.
1: So have I. They're often unpleasant. Um I've had many clients who have expressed the same wish. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's something very human about it.
0: About wanting to be a robot.
1: Yes, I do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All humans want to be robots.
1: That's our secret wish. That's why we get so jealous in those movies.
0: So I guess the first thing to do is talk about what the purpose of emotions are. So there are a few very universal emotions that occur regardless of what culture you are in.
1: And what ethnicity you are, specifically between six and nine, according to the literature. (laughs)
0: Six and nine uh, emotions, yes. I thought you meant six and nine ethnicities.
1: Oh, no. That's everybody.
0: (laughs) Well, I certainly know one emotion that's universal is joy. Everyone loves joy. Because it feels good, right? It does. We all want to
1: be happy. Or at least that's the messaging that society gives us. If you're not happy, there's something wrong with you.
0: That's true. That is something that is pretty apparent when you watch a movie when you watch tv people get happy endings but in reality no one is happy all the time
1: or like even in the united states you know part of our social norms is to say how are you i'm good how are you i'm good
0: (laughs) yeah sometimes people don't even reply they just say how are you how are you and then just like keep walking
1: (laughs) because it's not about a real exchange about how you're actually feeling and if you were to say something other than i'm good you'd be interrupting the social flow
0: that's pretty wild, honestly.
1: Yeah. I mean, people would look at you strangely if you were to say something other If you said, like, I'm sad, or I just had a heinous morning.
0: It's interesting. If I'm not having a good day, I'll say I'm okay instead of I'm fine.
1: <laughs> you change it just slightly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Make it slightly more ambiguous.
1: Yes. I do the same thing, though. Especially if it's with someone I don't know well. But um,
0: Well, right. Like, if you ask me how I'm doing and I'm bad, I'll be like... Help I bet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I think it's important to think about the messaging that we get. Um, acceptance and commitment therapy calls that the happiness trap—the idea that we need to be happy all the time.
0: And it's interesting because if you stop and look around, you'll see that message.
1: It's everywhere. I mean, it's in our, you know, pharmacology messaging on television, like the commercials. Like, uh, do you feel sad? Do you feel tired? Here's this pill.
0: That's true. And that kind of leads to what are often thought of as the bad emotions.
1: We separate, we judge them. There are good emotions and there are bad emotions. So if we're thinking of like the universal emotions that we all experience, so we have joy,
0: Mm we have anger, Mm -hmm. fear, disgust, sadness, Mm
1: -hmm. Um, surprise, but we won't be talking too much about it. Um, Joy is the good one. What are the bad ones? (laughs)
0: Anger, fear, disgust, sadness. Wow, that's so literally most of them. everything else. <laughs> what well, surprise? Surprise is like half and half.
1: Yes, yeah, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad.
0: It could be, it could be like a birthday party, or it could be like a spider crawling out of your pillow. Once, once I was changing clothes and I took off my shirt, and a spider crawled out of it. That was a that's bad terrible. surprise.
1: That was not. That was not fun.
0: It was a small spider, but still.
1: One time I found a, a spider in my shower.
0: Bad surprise.
1: It was not good. I did not like it. But, <laughs> but notice, like, the value judgment we're, we're placing That's on That's true. Us.
0: Like, if you're just listening, notice that we are using bad. It is good.
1: bad. Good. Um, in reality, you know, some of these emotions just feel less pleasant.
0: Right, so what's typically thought of as a bad emotion, so anger, sadness, whatever, um they aren't they don't have a moral judgment they're not good or bad they just they just are are. yeah
1: and and they have utility to them
0: so let's get into that we could start with i guess anger why would i want to feel anger
1: well let's say you're in a situation you're a cave person Mm
0: -hmm. and you're
1: encountering another cave person and this other cave person steals your food
0: Mm -hmm.
1: now if you don't feel angry what are you going to do
0: Um, If I'm not angry, I'll probably just let him have the food, let them have the food, and then I'll starve and die.
1: Exactly. You become a doormat.
0: Right. But if I do feel angry, I'm going to punch them in the face and take that food back and survive.
1: So, I mean, anger has has a purpose to it. It helps us protect and defend. Right. We can translate that to modern day in relationships. Like if you get angry with what your partner does or what your friend does, that's legitimate. That's how you work out boundaries.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And you've talked about difficulties you've had with anger.
0: I've personally had a lot of trouble with anger. Not with having too much anger, but with the opposite. I struggle to allow myself to be angry.
1: Which I think a lot of people struggle with, especially women.
0: Right, yeah. Often it's kind of, it almost seems as though anger is a masculine emotion.
1: Mm -hmm. Anger, I think, is an empowering emotion. It makes you want to do. want to take action. And I think that... Uh, men, that's part of like being a quote unquote good man is that you're willing to take action.
0: Being a manly man.
1: Exactly. It's about hiking.
0: <laughs> hiking?
1: Yeah. Or, <laughs> uh, sorry, it's about football. And it's about being dominant and being in charge.
0: Mm hmm.
1: But I mean, keeping in mind, we'll talk about this in a second, but like sadness, that's not considered a very quote unquote masculine emotion. Right. Well, Women are more I... allowed to feel sadness.
0: Right. Before we get to sadness, let's talk about fear. Why would fear be useful?
1: Let's say I'm crossing the street. There's a car coming straight toward me, and I don't feel fear. Oh, hey, a nice car and a red Honda Civic. I like it. Then what happens?
0: Splat. 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 Um,
1: (laughs) Fear is very primal. It's fight or flight. And it happens Mm -hmm. before you can even think about it, because you need to move that fast to get out of the way.
0: That's true. It's pretty crazy. There are um, there are times when you'll react to something in a scared way. And then afterwards, you'll kind of take a moment to process what it was. So, for example, if you've ever experienced like seeing something move out of the corner of your eye when you're all alone at home, you jump up and you're kind of ready. And then you see it's like a mouse on the floor or a moth or a moth.
1: One of those ubiquitous spiders. But I mean, the reason it's so unpleasant is because it's kind of like an alarm system. Your body wants you to pay attention to it.
0: Right, and if you took the time to analyze everything before the fear reaction kind of kicked in, you'd probably get eaten. Is that a tiger or is that a puppy?
1: And the time it takes for you to discern that, you could already be eaten.
0: It's true. By the puppy.
1: Oh, that'd be cute. I don't <laughs> mind being eaten by a puppy.
0: I guess if I have to go, that's one way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'd rather go buy too much chocolate. Ooh. Anyway, yeah. but uh, fear is necessary for our survival.
0: Mm-hmm. And likewise, disgust is also similarly necessary if you have a food that's disgusting that, you know, may poison you. There's
1: also, like, an interesting, like, social component to it. Like, social disgust.
0: Oh, that's right. Like, in a
1: group, social disgust can be what's the word educational like let's say someone gets shunned or rejected Mm -hmm. then you know you know what not to do Ah. because no one wants to get rejected from the group
0: so if everyone's disgusted with what someone did you know not to do that
1: exactly and then it's punishment for the person who did that particular action and they feel shame and shame then motivates that person to repent (laughs) to repair the the rupture in the relationship
0: right so you can see all
1: these emotions have utility to them they make you do things that are pro-social or that are pro-survival
0: What about sadness? I know that I feel like doing nothing when I'm sad.
1: Sadness, I think, is the hardest one to see utility for. Um, I often, I always say that, save that for last, because people have such a hard time with it. So we can think about it both biologically and emotionally. So biologically, Mm -hmm. when you say you just want to, like, kind of lie around and do nothing, that actually helps you conserve energy. Mm. Because otherwise you might just be running around like a chicken with its head cut off. (laughs) And when you're conserving energy, it can help you have time to reflect on what's happening and
0: therefore problem solve. It can also act as a social cue to let others know something is wrong.
1: Exactly. We're a very social species. If someone is lying around doing nothing or crying, crying is also universal. Everybody cries. Um, Everybody smiles. Everybody laughs.
0: Yeah. People who are born blind smile.
1: Exactly. So it signals to someone else like, oh, something good, something pleasant is happening Or something very unpleasant is happening and I need to help this person.
0: Right. Or go enjoy with this person.
1: Exactly. Um, It's about social support. It's about relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, Without these emotions, you wouldn't be able to have relationships and to interact. You wouldn't be able to survive. That's why we developed it.
0: That's true. I know I couldn't fight off a saber-toothed tiger on my own. Exactly.
1: And the other thing about emotions is that you can't selectively mute you can't just decide to feel joy and none of the other troublesome ones.
0: <laughs> oh, so, so you mean I can't turn off all the difficult emotions and just feel happy?
1: No, because you turn off the happiness too. And it, the biological reason for this is that emotions exist in the same space, like in your limbic system, mm. and they don't. Really, your brain doesn't really separate it out. And the brain is built kind of badly, <laughs> sort of like a <laughs> like a house that gets added onto, and now it looks like really strange and and weird because you've had to like kind of compensate for some things that you weren't (laughs) in the original plan or
0: right so i guess in that case the emotions would be in the old reptile brain
1: yes they are very old and that's and that shows you how important they are to our survival when we had nothing else we had emotion
0: that's true and our ability to think and reason that's more a more modern development
1: it's more recent it's our frontal lobe so our brain developed from bottom to top and from back to front Mm -hmm. so our emotions are in the kind of more bottom part of our brain and our frontal lobe is like right behind our forehead that's the front of our head
0: that it built that way
1: yeah like i said like a really badly built house
0: (laughs) i know that your like visual processing is in the back of the brain which always seemed weird to me now you know but thinking about (laughs) yeah but thinking about it that way that the brain developed you know bottom up back to front that makes sense
1: Well, like if you look at animals, Mm -hmm. like I like to look at animals. I also like looking at them. I have one right next to me. (laughs) She's a little cat and she doesn't have the ability to use judgment or reason like I do. But, uh.
0: Don't insult her. (laughs) (laughs) But she
1: has emotion, right? She has feelings.
0: That actually kind of brings up an interesting point. You have a cat with anxiety, don't you? I
1: do. We had to put her on an anxiety medication.
0: Cats have anxiety Uh... medication.
1: Yeah, animals can also have emotional problems. Um, this cat, her name is Wheatley. Um, we got her when she was three. No idea what her life history is, but she came to us uh, five pounds, which is very underweight for an adult cat. Aww. She hadn't been eating at the vet, and she just had a lot of anxiety. And we didn't know this, but she didn't really like other cats, and we had gotten her as a cat for our other cat. <laughs> <laughs> so her jo- her main job was to be a support companion. <laughs>
0: And she was not wired for that.
1: Well, I don't know what she experienced earlier on in her life, but I guess it wasn't good experiences with other cats. Hmm. So we had to do- we did medication, and we also did behavioral therapy.
0: Cat therapy?
1: It's not just for humans.
0: And did it work?
1: It did! It took a long time, it took months, but um, now she grooms the other cat, she plays, she's snuggly.
0: That's pretty amazing.
1: She vocalizes a lot. I don't know what she's saying, but she tells me a lot of things.
0: But that just goes to show how vital our emotions are to our survival. Exactly.
1: Um, they're really important. They all have a purpose. And we're telling you this not to, you know, be like, you know, your, your emotions are important. But it's just to show you that your emotions have messages for you. They're telling you something. They're not there just to be annoying.
0: Right, that's actually a really good way to think about emotions. Is to think of them as messengers. They're trying to communicate something, and you may not know the language yet. You may not know what it is they're saying. Why am I so angry? They're trying to. It's trying to tell you something.
1: It's like cats or little kids. They can't always articulate. You know what they're feeling.
0: They just scream.
1: Yeah, and you have to learn how to interpret it. Mm-hmm. You can. If you say, "Shut up! Get out of here!" You know, that's not going to end well. To a
0: child. Yeah, no. Or to a cat. So this leads into the idea of being aware of your emotions, which can sound kind of funny. People can be like, yeah, obviously I have emotions. Like, I know I don't like
1: them. (laughs) Like,
0: (laughs) like, okay, I know that. But really, truly, being aware of your emotions is more than just being like, I got emotions.
1: It's about separating them out and labeling them.
0: Right. So being able to say, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling angry.
1: And if you want to advance it, when I have this thought, it makes me feel sad. Like a particular thought.
0: Right. So trying to figure out what kind of thoughts lead to what kind of emotions and vice versa.
1: And then what kind of behavior that leads to. So we, all of us have thoughts, emotions, and behaviors, and they're all interactional, meaning they affect each other. So if I have a thought, it affects how I feel and it affects what I do right and that's why awareness is so important because a lot of these patterns that we have um, are uh, more subconscious they're not in our conscious mind so we're not aware of them so maybe i always after i i don't know let's say i don't exercise in the morning and then i feel sluggish all day right maybe i'm not aware that's why i'm feeling sluggish
0: right one thing that is kind of key to developing awareness is to be able to figure out what is leading to what you're feeling. And it's not always easy.
1: That's why the practice of mindfulness is so important. Mindfulness just means being aware of the present moment.
0: Right, so could you tell us like, what would that look like?
1: So if I'm being, you can be mindful of many things. You can be mindful of touch, taste, smell, things that are external to you. And you can also be mindful of things that are internal, like thoughts, emotions. So let's say I'm feeling angry. And I notice in myself that my fists are tightening, I'm feeling hot, I feel like I want to punch something, I have an action urge,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I just notice those sensations. I just, I don't try to get rid of them, uh, I don't, you know, try to escalate it, I'm just aware. I just say, okay, I just describe it.
0: Right. So just describing what you're feeling.
1: I observe, and then I describe. So let's say I'm, I'm feeling it, and then I say to myself, my fists are clenching, I'm feel, I feel hot.
0: And what can also be useful is to try and identify what happened directly before you started feeling this emotion.
1: And when you describe it that way, I feel hot, my fists are tightening, that's a non-judgmental way of describing it.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, we want to try to avoid using judgmental words, like, I feel bad.
1: I feel good. They're not helpful, it's not informational.
0: They're not going to help you figure out what's going on.
1: So we're just talking about just the facts. Mm-hmm the facts of, of what are happening. So being aware, and that's what awareness can do. It can help you just be aware of what exactly is happening.
0: Right. One thing that many people find very useful is keeping a mood log.
1: Self-monitoring. You Mm -hmm. can monitor yourself throughout the day and just Mm -hmm. input.
0: Right. So, I mean, there are plenty of apps. If you look online, I'm sure there are forms available, but basically what a mood log is, is writing down or um, recording what your moods are at various intervals during the day or the week, depending on, you know, if you want to just rate each day or you could rate each hour, depending on how in-depth you want to get, and just kind of see the trend of your emotions.
1: So when we talk about, you know, regulating emotion, one thing that's regulating is labeling the emotion. Mm-hmm. It engages the frontal lobe in order to calm your limbic system, the emotional system. Mm-hmm. Another thing is writing it down, either Mm -hmm. in your phone, or a lot of people like doing it better by hand, Mm -hmm. because it allows you to detach from it a little better. Right. Uh, That also de-escalates emotion, so even just being mindful and aware helps regulate and soothe emotion. Right. So even in the first step.
0: Mm -hmm. So let's talk about kind of what's going on now, and how we could use this now. So we're in the middle of a pandemic.
1: Yes, and... When we talk about kind of, like, an event like this, we can talk about it in terms of there's a lack of control.
0: Yes. There's not a lot we can do. Right.
1: And there's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, I don't even know what's going to happen at the end of this week, let alone next month. And neither does anybody else.
0: That's true. I mean, I don't even know what'll happen tomorrow.
1: Who knows? And so when you combine lack of control with uncertainty, that's always a recipe for anxiety.
0: So it makes sense if you're feeling a lot of fear.
1: That makes total sense. If you weren't feeling at least a little fear right now, you're probably not as in touch with reality <laughs> because the reality just, it's its valid to the situation.
0: Right. So try to notice that. Try to notice that anxiety. And what is triggering it? Did you watch the news that led to a spike in the anxiety?
1: Did you talk to a grandparent and you're worried about them?
0: Did you go outside and come a little too close to someone?
1: Yes. Not me, not today, but other times. <laughs> Um, Or did you look at your bills? And you don't have a job right now. Right. And you're in school.
0: So being aware of emotions is about, first of all, recognizing what the emotions are. And then the second step is trying to figure out what is triggering them.
1: It's sort of doing a, what's the word? Workshopping it, uh, doing an autopsy, an emotional autopsy.
0: Basically, yeah.
1: And just seeing what led to what, non-judgmentally. Because if you don't know what the problem is, you can't solve it.
0: That's true. And that's the key. Non-judgmentally. Good or bad judgment.
1: Just describing the facts. So, for example, and just, you know, saying that you feel an emotion is always a fact. I feel sad. There's nothing anyone can do to, like, (laughs) say differently. Only you know how you feel.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And that also gets into what um, I think happens to a lot of people, is they start to kind of judge their emotions. Like, I shouldn't feel sad. Or... I should be happy they have it much worse why am i so why am i upset
1: that's kind of a distraction um when you start shooting on yourself <laughs> it just makes the the emotion so much more intense you become so much more uh attached to mm-hmm. that particular thought and emotion you get into a struggle with it and it just intensifies
0: it struggling with the emotion can end up making it stronger so if i tell you don't think about elephants don't do not think about elephants don't do it are you thinking about elephants
1: i immediately start thinking about elephants
0: that's kind of the same thing as what happens with emotions don't be sad don't be sad oh i'm sad
1: i'm doubly sad now because i've failed at the task of not being sad
0: yep and that kind of leads into what we'll be talking about next week which is radical acceptance and accepting these emotions and what's going on in the world
1: Accepting emotions as part of accepting reality, because if you try to get rid of it, one, uh, it'll intensify it, which you don't want, in the first Mm -hmm. place, and two, it makes it harder to accept what's Mm -hmm. happening. Right. Uh, So the first thing to do is just practice awareness. Get a mood log. Mm
0: -hmm. Track it
1: multiple times a day, every day. Yeah. Just to let you know, my cat, whom I did therapy with, (laughs) uh, I was doing it with her several times a day, every day. Even if you do it just like once a week and you were doing it zero before, that's better.
0: Yeah, and progress is slow. You're not going to see change right away.
1: No, fortunately for my cat, she had me up her butt all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Forcing her to practice. Yep. Which she did.
0: And if you're not used to really sitting down and listening to your emotions, this can be scary.
1: It's difficult, especially like if you grew up in a household where people told you it's not okay to feel an emotion.
0: Right, like some people are told, don't be sad, or I'll give you something to cry about. And that's the messaging
1: you receive, and it makes sense that you don't pay attention to your emotions because it was dangerous for you to growing up because you get punished.
0: Unfortunately, that leads to kind of an unhealthy perception of emotions and difficulty managing when these difficult emotions come up.
1: It creates problems, and people try to escape from emotion in many different ways, like video games. Uh, shopping, drinking,
0: substance use of any mm-hmm. kind. So a lot of these are used by people who have trouble identifying, being aware, and regulating their emotions. They're used as a crutch.
1: Which helps in the short term.
0: But in the long term, it just makes everything worse.
1: It comes back twice as hard. It's like a boomerang. Right. Why our brains function like this, I don't know, but they do. <laughs>
0: well, things you do over and over again are reinforced.
1: It's like, there's a short-term relief. And then it, because we're we're made to feel emotion. We're just wired to.
0: Yeah, and I think one thing to remember is to be patient with yourself. If you've lived most of your life kind of not really being aware of your emotions, just suppressing them, trying to be aware of them is going to be hard. It's not gonna come naturally.
1: It's gonna be like learning a new language. Yeah. And you're going to feel frustrated and you're going to want to go back to the old language.
0: That's true. You're going to want to give up. That happens to pretty much everyone, I think.
1: Oh, yeah. And then learning a new skill, you're going to fail at certain points. And that's okay. That's normal. It's part of learning.
0: And then you can practice accepting failing. I'm working on that.
1: <laughs> so am I. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult. Being human is hard. And we're here to tell you it's okay.
0: Yeah. It's okay to struggle.
1: That's what being human is. Mm -hmm.
0: Right now, with everything that's going on, there are so many different emotions that you could be feeling. Um, It's also okay to feel, say, relief that you get a break if you're off work or off school. It's okay. It's okay. You can recognize that we're in a pandemic, a very dangerous time, and still be like, thank God I have a break.
1: I'm so tired. That was so stressful. Now I get to stay home and rest. You know, it's however you feel is normal and okay to the situation.
0: Right, because there is a difference between feeling and doing. Now, say, if you're calling up people who have lost loved ones to coronavirus, and you're saying, thank God this is happening because I'm getting a break. See, that's different.
1: Yeah, I probably wouldn't do that. No one will know how you feel unless you tell them. So why not just allow yourself to feel however you feel?
0: (laughs) Just let yourself feel however you feel whether it's relief that you get a break whether it's fear boredom. boredom you can feel bored you can feel frustrated that you have to be home
1: you can feel all of these at the same time
0: that's true you can feel relieved and terrified at the same time
1: you don't have to just experience one emotion they're not mutually exclusive
0: they're very confusing honestly
1: there's so many of them that's why you got to wrangle them And label each of them sort of like you're an anthropologist. Ooh. You can just pretend you're an observer of all these kind of, like, wacky, random emotions and just describe them.
0: So one thing to think about is um, the movie Inside Out, if you've seen it. Um, If not... I've seen
1: it many times.
0: (laughs) Well, I was talking to the listener, but thank you. Oh, okay. In
1: case you were wondering.
0: (laughs) So yeah, but if you haven't seen Inside Out, the basic premise is that inside each person there are several different emotions there's joy sadness anger fear and disgust and they basically influence how the person feels thinking about that is a way that you could use to become more aware of your emotions think about all right who's at the controls now
1: is it anger what's anger doing what's anger thinking
0: right why is anger at the controls
1: what happened who made the switch
0: <laughs> who, who put anger in charge
1: You can imagine it also sort of like a bus. Like you're the bus driver Mm -hmm. and you're driving around all these emotions. And
0: sometimes one of them gets into the driver's seat. And you get pulled back into a passenger seat. Into the passenger seat. And you need to rest control back.
1: And that's part of what awareness does. It's like first you have to be aware that anger has taken control.
0: Right. You're not going to be able to get the, the steering wheel back if you don't realize that anger has taken the steering wheel.
1: In the first place. Yeah. So that's why awareness is so important. Some emotions may be more comfortable for you than others.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like you may be someone who feels totally okay with feeling sad, but you may hate anxiety.
0: Yep. Or something that um, I think is especially common in men raised in certain environments—they don't feel comfortable being sad, but they feel very comfortable being angry. So a yes. lot. Of, so a lot of sadness ends up coming out as anger.
1: Anger then becomes the secondary emotion.
0: Right. So emotions can lead to other emotions, which makes it even more complicated.
1: Exactly. That's why mood tracking can be so helpful, because you can see how an emotion leads to the next, to the next, to the next.
0: Right. So if, you know, you say, okay, I was sad, then angry. If every time you feel angry, you notice you were feeling sad beforehand, you can kind of start to piece together this anger might have something to do with sadness,
1: And then you can notice it earlier and earlier and earlier in the process.
0: Right. So then the next time you feel sad, you'll be able to say, I might be about to get angry and be prepared for that.
1: Exactly. And that's what awareness, you know, helps. Mm Mm-hmm. Basically, that's chain analysis. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. That one thing leads to another.
1: Leads to another. And then going back and kind of autopsying it and seeing exactly what happened, what led to what. Mm Mm-hmm. And sometimes these chains can get really complicated and long, and that's okay.
0: And they can branch and, like, loop back in on themselves, and... I don't know, they can do all sorts of crazy things. Just,
1: if there's one thing that I would hold on to from everything that we've been saying, is that it's okay to feel how you feel. Just notice it. Here I am, giving you permission to feel however you feel.
0: Yeah. Go ahead. Feel sad. Feel happy. Feel angry. Bored. Bored. Whatever. Guilty.
1: I don't know. Whatever it is. Your emotions can't hurt you. They can't kill you.
0: Acting on your emotions can be dangerous. But just feeling them in itself is not.
1: Emotions by themselves cannot harm you permanently. I promise. And you know what? They don't last forever. They follow a bell curve.
0: I also want to add that if you are truly struggling with this, if you are, say, sad all the time, anxious all the time angry all the time, I would suggest seeking therapy because, I mean, you can listen to me and Lauren over and over again if you really want, but we can't provide you, like, direct guidance.
1: And if you're feeling sad all the time or angry all the time, etc., that's giving you a message. And the message is is that there's a problem. Right. And that needs to be addressed. And ignoring it's not going to help.
0: And sometimes people need therapy to be able to figure out what that message is or what to do about it.
1: Exactly. I mean, my dad's a rehab doctor, and he always says all the time, your body can only speak to you in the language of pain. That's the only vocabulary it has. Oh, great. So if you're in pain, it's because it wants you to pay attention. Like a broken leg.
0: Right. Don't be afraid to seek help. I know I've just kind of started doing therapy. Uh, Lauren's done a bunch of therapy, but we're kind of used to this. Emotions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So many. All the time.
0: Oh my gosh. We see lots of people who struggle with emotions. It's very common. It's probably more common than people who are good with their emotions.
1: I think that's probably fair. A fair statement. Uh, especially right now, during this pandemic, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. All bets are off. Definitely.
1: So just know you're not alone. We're with you. The world is with you.
0: Yeah, the world is struggling right now.
1: The world is literally with you right now.
0: <laughs> well, hopefully not, like, too with you, because social distancing.
1: I was gonna say, six feet apart.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We'll all stand six feet apart pretending to hold hands.
1: Yeah. I was watching the BBC channel today and the, mm-hmm. there was a message from the Queen. Oh, yeah. About the pandemic.
0: <laughs> yeah, I saw that th- that she said something. I didn't see it, but...
1: Yeah, no, it was, it was interesting because she, she said, you know, she referenced World War II and, like, evacuating the children.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And how, you know, the whole country kind of stood as one. Right. But there's a big difference, which is that it's not just one country, it's the entire world. Right. And we're doing our best.
0: That's all anyone can do. That's all you can do. Yeah. This is kind of, as we said, the first step to being able to manage your emotions effectively. And our next episode, will go into part two, where we talk about accepting the emotions.
1: Uh, Awareness is the introductory, and also, I would argue, most important piece. Mm Because without that, you can't do anything else. Right and if emotions feel too intense you can always practice with thoughts and if thoughts feel too intense you can always practice with physiological sensations uh you can go in and out you can practice 30 seconds paying attention to the sensations 30 seconds doing something else coming back to it you don't have Mm -hmm. to do it all at once
0: right and if trying to be aware of the emotions surrounding say the pandemic is too difficult right now you can think about smaller things like you can be sad that your favorite Chinese food place is closed, which or has happened, can... which happened to me today.
1: <laughs> it's a personal statement. <laughs> that, that, that was actually like a
0: personal example. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or you can just feel, feel bored and stuck and just, you know, notice that because you can't think of anything to do.
0: Yeah. And just build from there. Just build the awareness and it's not going to be easy.
1: That's the thing that we forgot to mention, which is that out of all those emotions, how many of them feel good?
0: joy and sometimes surprise are the only ones that feel good
1: statistically speaking we have bad odds for feeling happy all the time
0: that's kind of upsetting
1: it upsets a lot of people when i tell them that (sighs) even now you're not feeling joy are you no this this is
0: not this does not spark joy no (laughs) i need to throw it out (laughs) but you can't oh
1: (laughs) because they're necessary But that's the thing to remember, too, is that we're actually not made to feel happy all the time. Statistically speaking, you have bad odds for it. We're actually pretty uh, anxious creatures. So, when in doubt, just think about that. Just know that it's okay if you're not feeling happy. It will come, it will go. Yeah. Nothing lasts forever. Not even the pandemic.
0: Nope.
1: Change is the only constant.
0: Yeah, it's true. I think that's what we said last time, also.
1: Well, it continues to be true. (laughs)
0: Anyways, thank you all for listening. I hope you found this helpful. As we said, this was part one of our I Have So Many Bleeping Feelings series. Part two will be out probably next week.
1: Yeah, whenever. Yeah. We're in quarantine, so.
0: (laughs) I mean, I still have school, so. That's true. But yeah, so part two will be out sometime, so keep an eye out for that. And yeah, just... Feel how you feel. Stay safe.
1: Go forth and be aware.